We've got uh, Rishi Sunak, sponsored by the Communist Party of Beijing, um, against the pound shop Thatcher, uh, which is Liz Truss. Um, I, I said last night on my, show, on my TV show that, you know, I was asked by a member of the public, which was the best of the two? I said, no, 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 no. That's the wrong question. I think... Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to This Week in Review with Nigel Farage. Nigel, this week there's one key question that UK investors face and that is who will be the next Prime Minister of Italy? Now, I don't know if you agree with that with yeah. that statement, but can you tell us what's going on in Italy? Because you know some of the people there, and, and I'm, I haven't turned off my phone because it's just flashed up to say that Mario Draghi has offered his resignation for the second time, and the Italian stock market is down more than 2.5%. Yeah, they're very good, the Italians. They bring in Mr. Monti, they bring in Mr. Draghi, they bring in these unelected people, the great and the good, all of whom, of course, have served in Brussels or Luxembourg or France. Did they ask you? all part of European institutions, and they're put in as prime ministers, and the world says, hooray, we've got our saviour, and it lasts for a year or two, and the whole thing collapses, and the fact They haven't asked you yet then, Nigel. Sorry? They haven't asked you yet? No, 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 no. Um, it, it, at some point, Italy's get a break. There's no question in my mind. At some point, it's gonna break, and it's a subject that you cover in your book about the death of the euro. And this is just one of the acts, one of the installments along the way. It was a bizarre coalition of all sorts of different parties. Uh, a general election is on its way. Uh, the brothers of Italy are now under Giorgio Maloney. Um, and of course, everyone calls them fascist and you know successors to Mussolini <laughs> and all the rest of it. Um, uh, we'll see what happens in the election, but, but there's no doubt, there's no doubt that just as in France, we see hyper-skepticism around the Euro, around economic management from the ECB, growing both on left and right in France. I mean, really interesting to see Le Pen, Mélenchon there with that giant block in the Assemblée. I would expect much the same in Italy. I would expect more chaos. Um, I would expect pressure on those bond spreads to come back. I'm not saying this is it, I'm saying this is one of the instalments on the way to Italy breaking um, and to the Eurozone facing its biggest ever crisis. Let's move to the, to the UK political system, which is, I don't know if it's doing better or worse, but it's certainly interesting. Well, it is. We've got uh, Rishi Sunak, sponsored by the Communist Party of Beijing, um, against the pound shop Thatcher, uh, which is Liz Truss. Um, I, I said last night on my, show, on my TV show, that you know, I was asked by a member of the public, which was the best of the two? I said, no, 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 that's the wrong question. I think Liz Truss is probably the least worst, um, is the way that I would put it. Sunak is the continuity candidate. We've seen his brand of conservatism. It's big state, big tax, big corporations, globalism, Goldman Sachs, Chinese Communist Party. Um, and Truss, look, do I believe her? I don't know. Um, I don't blame her for going to Green and Common. She was only seven. But as an adult, she was a Lib Dem activist, called for the Queen to be removed. Um, she voted Remain. She voted for Mrs May's deal three times, a point all the British media appear to have forgotten, but then they're not all that bright, many of them. Um, and suddenly 
She's Brexit's the best opportunity Britain's ever had. We got to cut taxes because even if it does add 30 billion to the bill, it'll it'll stop us going into recession. She hasn't yet mentioned windfall tax, but I think she could be pushed on for that. She's talked about not rising corporation tax. I mean, on the economics of it, actually, what's not to like? But do you believe her? Boris said, you know, Boris said yesterday in his last speech from the Commons that he'd been removed by a coup from HMT, from HM Treasury. He didn't just mean Sunak. He was talking about the big state. He was talking about the deep state in a way that Trump was doing in America. Expect more of this from Johnson over the course of the next months and years about the seeming impossibility to force change on a dominant civil service. If Trust genuinely believes in what she's saying, and if she has the courage to fight the Whitehall establishment, well, that'd be great. I'm just not sure she has. And on a whole other range of issues, social issues, whether it's the poisoning of our kids in schools, whether it's the ECHR, whether it's our completely porous borders, I don't really see her doing very much, but she will win. She will win. 60% uh, of the Tory members are over 50. 40% of the Tory members are over 65, hence her dressing up like Mrs. Thatcher, bringing back those memories of the great days of the Conservative Party. So I think she'll win uh, the contest. Labour are now quite consistently 12 points ahead in the polls. The last 192 polls have had Labour firmly in the lead. Um, and if Conservatism is going to uh, regain some of its luster, then she's going to have to be quite radical. I just don't. I'd like to think I'm wrong, but I just don't see it. Surely Rishi Sunak would be the preferred candidate for financial markets because of that continuity factor that predicted it, that's predictable yes. and financial markets don't like uncertainty. Yes, um, I get that and I understand that. And, you know, Deutsche Bank and Goldman and JP Morgan would all think he's the right guy. But then when, when do they ever get anything right? You know, so... You know, a trust victory might be might, might be slightly shaky for the markets, but I think it's, you know what, I think it's written in. I think it's pretty much written in. I think this this election, this contest, is hers to lose. She's ahead already in the polls. She's 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 a near cert to win. But hey, you know, this time a week ago, Penny Morton was odds-on favourite. So so these things are volatile. Barring any great trip ups, she will win, and I don't think that's going to put any unnecessary pressure on the pound. And who knows, if she starts to talk about energy, actually the markets might say, way, this is actually quite good. But if she does hit the ground running at some point, I think there might be a bit of a spike. Um, no, sorry, if she does hit the ground at some point, that's the right one, then yeah. um, then I, I suppose there might be a spike in the pound and in markets. Yeah. Let's move on to, to a story with uh, gold and Bitcoin, which is the idea that some of the whales have been dumping. So... Ukraine has been dumping its gold in order to fund, well, to support its currency and, and to purchase some things that it badly needs. And Tesla has been dumping Bitcoin in order to try and uh, increase some, some revenue. Do you think that's what's behind the drop in, in the gold price and the Bitcoin price? I've said for the last three weeks on these, on these conversations, Nick, I've said for the last three weeks, there is central bank selling of gold in the market. It's as plain as the nose on your face, whether it's Russian, whether it's Ukrainian, whether it's both. I, I don't actually know, and none of us do, but yes, there is definitely central bank selling, otherwise the price of gold is illogical, um, and therefore gold actually looks very cheap around these numbers. Um, as for crypto, more difficult, 
um, has obviously had a huge, huge uh, wipeout of smaller short-term punters. Um, Musk got him, got Tesla very overexposed on crypto and was facing a lot of criticism from shareholders. So I think, you know, the thought that Musk's taken a few losses, locked in a few losses and, and, and sort of written down the size of the book, I think that's quite logical. I don't know, but it's quite logical. I think he's under pressure. His shareholders say, look, we've invested in a car company, not a punting organisation, and I think they've got a fair point. You never know what you're getting with Elon Musk, though. No. Um, I want to point out that the, the bearish sentiment in the markets, and there's various measures of that, has really hit extreme lows, almost as low or even lower than 2008 levels. Do you think that means that the markets are about to turn and there's a buying opportunity? Because usually well, when, when I think things it, are max out... It's quite interesting. Our colleague, Rob Marstrand, um, on the UK independent wealth side of, of Fortune and Freedom, um, his big monthly report is coming out today. And he's, and he's looking at stocks now where, you know, we are talking about companies that have been around for a long time, uh, companies that actually make products that consumers buy, um, where on current earnings and prices, you're getting eight to 9% dividends. So, you know, we were right to be bearish of tech. Whether the bear route's over for this year, it may not be. I mean, there may be further shocks to come in the autumn. Who knows what Putin might do or whatever. But are there now value stocks in the market? I think there's little doubt about that. I think it's a good time to become a subscriber. Um, my last question is about the European Central Bank. It's set to raise interest rates today. Everyone's debating about how much of, an, uh, of a hike. I think the real lesson here is that they're in a panic mode and they're trying to catch up with everyone else. What do you think this means for, uh, I suppose, the value of the euro, the financial markets in Europe uh, and anything else? I think they will raise and, and probably by a half. I mean, by the time people see this, we'll know, but I'm going to say it's going to be a half. Um, I think dipping below parity with the dollar uh, sent some alarm bells ringing. And they're going to try and take some action. Yeah, I, that, that's what I think will happen. But uh, the fact that they are all over the shop, that France is now ungovernable, that Italy's in the mess that it's in, um, that Germany itself, without Merkel for all her faults, um, is not going to be applying the kind of financial discipline and rigour throughout the EU. Um, it does make you think the whole thing's a bit of a free-for-all. Nick, we will be proved right about the euro. I don't know when, but we will be proved right. This thing will break up and disintegrate at some point in time with quite dramatic effects. Hopefully not soon, because I'm transferring the last of my house deposit out of euros over the next two weeks. So uh, for once, I don't want the euro to collapse in order to be proven right. Nigel, thanks for joining us. And everyone at home, thanks for watching.